Pray with me. Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our supreme concern. All this we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Pilate asked him, So you are the king of the Jews. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, for a while now, the church has been wearing green because it was ordinary time. But as some of you might have noticed, today my stole, the altar, the flowers, everything is white. Why is that? Today, today we celebrate the feast of Christ the King. So what is the feast of Christ the King and why is it so important? The feast of Christ the King is a holy day of obligation, which means you had to come to church today. So I'm so glad you did. And its sole purpose, its sole purpose, is to remind us of that fact, that indeed Christ is the head of the church. Why was this necessary, you might ask? In a time where the members of the church were putting too much of their hope in earthly leadership, Pope Pius XI instituted this feast to remind Christians that as the hymn says, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And yes, on Christ the solid rock, we all stand, all of the ground. And I do mean all of the ground is sinking sand. I don't know about you, but it looks like to me that Christ, the Feast of Christ the King is right on time this year. Especially when you consider the past election season. People literally fighting in the streets over who they thought was going to be elected, the next local messiah, or should I say governor, or judge, or senator, or congresswoman. While these things might be said of people in the world, it not ought to be said among us Christians. We know in whom we believed. That person is Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. He is our redeemer, and this feast is strategically placed to remind us of that awesome, that amazing fact. The feast day did not get its date based on the American political system, but rather on the church calendar. You see, today is the last Sunday of the Christian year, and that is why this feast is here to remind us that when it's all over, when it's all said and done, Christ will still be seated on his glorious throne in heaven, and he will come again to judge the world. He will reign for king as king forevermore. And as king, it is Christ, not some elected official, who will judge the earth on that last day. Advent. Advent is a time in which the church remembers the coming of her Messiah. And it's just around the corner, and today we remember exactly how that Messiah will come again. Not as a babe, but as a king. This sounds like a basic fact to many of you who are sitting in this room, but people throughout history have fundamentally misunderstood Jesus' kingdom and what it was all about. You see, the Jews in Jesus' day thought that Jesus was the kind of Messiah that would save them from the rule of the Roman Empire, and when he didn't, 
They rejected him. A gospel passage tells us that the Jews, in their angst, handed Jesus over to Pontius Pilate to be judged. But even Pontius Pilate, who crucified Jesus, misunderstood what the kingdom of God was all about. But thank God for the lectionary. We as Anglicans, we love the lectionary. And if you've been paying attention to the lessons, you already know that Christ didn't come to deliver us from our personal problems. Christ came to deliver us from the greatest problem of all. That problem was sin. So that being free from sin, he might establish his rule and his reign in our hearts. Reigning not like evil and oppressive men, but in humility and through service. Listen to what Jesus says in Mark chapter 10. This is Mark's version of the same story. Jesus says, You know those who you recognize as rulers, lorded over the Gentiles, and their great ones make make their authority felt. But it ought not to be so among you. Rather, the greatest among you ought to be your service, your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life ransom for many. The rulers of this world have promised you the world. They try to convince you that their political agenda is their political agenda that will best meet your needs. But when Christ came down from heaven, he didn't come to bombard you with million-dollar commercials or fancy campaign speeches. His slogan was simple. His slogan was pure. Whosoever will, let him come and receive the free gift of salvation without price. And with that, he died to meet the greatest need of everyone in the entire world, setting us all free from sin, all of us who would dare to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and with faith call upon his name, serving him as king. He promised that he would deliver them from the dominion, the, the dominion of darkness, giving them an inheritance with the saints in light. The world misunderstood who Jesus was. But we in the church have an accurate picture of our king. He is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation. As king, he created all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. As king of kings and the Lord of lords, he is over everyone and has dominion over everyone on the earth. He is over all the rulers and all of those who are in authority for all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. In him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. His rule is not oppressive. His rule achieved eternal peace for those who would believe in his name. By the shedding of his blood on the hardwood of the cross, he won for us eternal and everlasting peace. In case you didn't know who I was talking about, I'm talking about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Mary's baby. Somebody say Jesus. Our righteousness and David's, David, King David's elder son. Somebody say Jesus. Our true king, the only begotten son of God. Call his name Jesus. 
Jesus, who was before all time and before all ages. Jesus, the one who came down from heaven. Jesus, who humbled himself to be born of a virgin. I'm talking about Jesus, the one whom the world mocked and misunderstood. Jesus Christ, the one whom they beat all night long. The one through his suffering brought everlasting peace to us all. This Jesus is the Jesus whom they crucified. This Jesus is the king over all. Jesus, who because he was a king, couldn't stay dead. But on the third day, he raised himself up by his own power. This Jesus ascended to his throne in glory, where he sits and reigns forevermore. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know that Jesus is king. And it is his goodness, the peaceableness of his rule, that draws us to this table. Here at this table, we acknowledge his presence and become citizens of his eternal kingdom, participating in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. It is here that we receive the forgiveness of our sins and accept his glorious plan for our redemption. Yes, I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ, our King. And through him, we have been saved and made free. Because of what Jesus did on Calvary, all of us who named his name, the name of our true King, will one day wear white. All of us, having washed our robes in the blood of the Lamb. Pilate asked a very important question. So are you a king? This is the question Pilate, Pontius Pilate wanted an answer to. And it's the same question I pose to you today. Is Jesus Christ king? And not just a king, but is Jesus Christ your king? That's what matters. That's the only question that matters. What do you think about Jesus? Is he your king? If so, it is out of response to his divine majesty, his complete and total lordship, that we bow our hearts and we obey because we know the truth. And more importantly, we have learned to listen to his voice. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.